Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, welcome. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free Podcast. My friends, I have got a treat for you today, okay? This is Ryan Lee and you know, um, we talk so much inside of this podcast about up-leveling your life. And so much of that is driven by money. And it's interesting because in this conversation, I think uh, people sometimes get lost. You know, money kind of makes us do loopy things sometimes and think a, a little bit of an odd way. But we're going to kind of peel the layers back today. And we're going to talk about the thing that I think everyone inside of this community wants. And in order to do that, I've brought an expert on one of my personal close friends, mentors, people that I look up to. I brought on my man, Josh Latimer. Josh, you want to say what's up to everybody today? <laughs> what's up, everybody? Cashflow Tactics family. You guys are awesome. Thanks for letting me be here. Well, dude, first and foremost, man, if you're not in our Facebook group, you're going to miss the, the epic hat that uh, Josh is wearing today. But dude, you've got a pretty cool hat on. What does your hat say? says i do epic I, don't, I think the camera might be reversed but uh that's what it's supposed to say i do epic i got it from a mutual friend of ours bart miller actually uh, yeah well, it, so resonated with you. it just means that we do big things we jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down right we aim high you know uh, aim small miss small aim high you know shoot for the stars fall among the clouds or the moon or whatever uh i think everybody is born with a, a mission a mandate a purpose and a destiny and it's mm -hmm. epic i think everything's epic i think a blade of grass is epic and uh, that's that's yeah. how we live our life that's what we want to train our kids to think like yeah absolutely man well let's let's dive right into that because Look, Josh, you know, inside of our group, our, our mission is pretty, uh, it's pretty simple, right? I believe anyone, no matter where you start, can become financially free in 10 years or less. And if we peel that one layer back, um, it really comes down to what, exactly what you just said, living an epic life. And it's really interesting when people come into our community and they get their game plan, we ask them what they want. And I think we've all been kind of trained in the conversation of money to give very standard um, non-specific answers. But at the end of the day, I don't believe anyone, not myself included, I don't want money just to have money. That's not what I want, right? I want money as a tool to help me do something more with life. And for me, all of this started because I did I did the opposite of epic, right? I mean, I followed all the traditional rules and I was an unepic husband, an unepic father, an uninvolved person. And I kept telling myself when I had enough money, then mm -hmm. I would try to become an epic individual but I realized, man, that was the complete opposite mindsets, right? Is to defer this mindset of when I have then. Um, and, you know, as we do these game plans with people, we ask them what they want. And if we can peel back the one or two layers of surface level, I want more money, I need more security, which are important. We always get to the root of the thing. And the root of why people want freedom and why want more money is they want to live epic lives with their families and the people they care about. And Josh, that just happens to be your expertise. So I want to just open up the conversation yeah. and let's talk about what do the Latimer stand for in the world and what do you guys do as a family and as a business? 
Oh man, big, big topics. I, I loved when you said you ask people what they want and they struggle with it. Um, that's a whole rabbit hole by itself. You know, when you ask people what they want, they typically have no problem telling you what they don't want. Yeah. And a lot of people, the first time they even think about this, they, they're like a deer in the headlights because they really haven't thought about it. They just go through the motions, right? They're a cog in the corporate wheel or whatever, or they're on autopilot with their business and they're doing things the way they've always done it. And they're in survival mode instead of thrival mode. Uh, and they don't know what they want or they'll articulate a version of what they want but it's got this wrapper on it this weird wrapper that's probably from religious programming or childhood false beliefs about money like for example zig ziglar said that money isn't everything but it's very similar to air and when you don't have enough of it it's the only thing you can think about right <laughs> like, like the purpose of life isn't money clearly the purpose of life isn't to breathe but it's necessary to go live the epic life to do the stuff so uh, some families don't talk to their kids about money they may get weird about money they won't admit that they do desire more money they say things like well i just want to be free well, what does that mean? Let's let's go around the mountain and unpack that seven layers of truth, because the truth is, is to be free, whether it means paying off debt or having more income, you need more money. Uh, but we feel weird and dirty even saying it as if money itself is somehow bad. So for me, I was raised with that kind of programming. Not because my family was bad, because they just didn't know. Uh, and I've been able to stand on the shoulders of giants and learn from people way ahead of me and kind of gradually chip away at that. In terms of us as a family, well, let's let's before we go to your family, let's let's kind of unpack that just a little bit more, because Josh, I think that that that's that's so prevalent in so many people. We have this misconception and this 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 these stories about money. We're ashamed of it. We're embarrassed of it. And you know, because we have these scripts going on in our mind, it's really hard for people to even keep the money that they have. Right? They get it and they spend it. They get it and they give it away. They get it and they put it in something that they don't understand. And we just constantly are in the cycle of not having the money that we need or want to do the things that that consciously we want to do, but some subconsciously they're not lining up. So in, you've talked and coached with so many people, so many families, so many entrepreneurs, so many business owners, and just so many individuals. And I know the topic of conversation of money comes up over and over again. Um, how do you coach someone through this idea of resisting the very thing that they consciously say that they want? <laughs> well, it has to start with acknowledging that money is inherently good. You know, people like to say uh, money is bad or they'll say money's neutral it's just a magnifier right because i and it, there's an element of truth to that because i know broke people that are greedy and i know wealthy people that are greedy it's not the money that made them that it just kind of shined a light on that but but you know the way that we see it is a money literally is good right because as my friend mike dalkey calls it he calls dollars certificates of good deeds mm -hmm. and so if you think that money is bad or if you think that people of means are bad you're always going to self-sabotage yourself as i did for many years uh, on trying to become that thing. You're not going to allow yourself to become something that you despise deep down. Uh, money is not bad, but it makes you uncomfortable for lots of reasons. A lot of the times it's because of our circle of friends, the people around us. We don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. You know, I always tell people, even with your dreams and your vision for your life, you got to be really careful who you share this stuff with uh, because it, it makes a lot of other people and small-minded people really uncomfortable and they can you know plant seeds of doubt in your head so how how to get free from that number one realize that money is a natural byproduct of value creation that when you're selling something you're serving people if you're a man or a woman of integrity you should be screaming from the rooftop selling your wares and your goods and services to everybody the fact that you're timid and, and not pushing hard enough doesn't stop people from buying they're just not buying from you and <laughs> on and on we can go but money's a good thing 
Okay, guys, so listening to this podcast and in the Facebook group, here's the thing I want you to try right now. Say it out loud, money is good. And be with that for just a minute. Be with that sentence for just a minute with that thought. And if, as Josh just mentioned, if it causes you to squirm a little bit, causes you to feel a little bit self-conscious and uncomfortable, my friends, you've got a thinking problem. And that thinking problem is manifesting in the lack of money inside of your life right now. So if you consciously want more money, you have to subconsciously change the way you're thinking about the very thing that you want more of. It's so trippy when we think about things that way, Josh. Exactly. And it does take so much reprogramming. And oh Josh, you and I grew up in a very similar way, right? With hardworking parents. We believe you know, working hard was good and you should just work hard enough just to get by. I mean, that was the way I was brought up. And if I went, if I had more than just getting by, then there was a problem and money was bad and rich people were bad and all the things right. on and on and on. And dude, it took me years. It took me years to reprogram my mind. And you, you mentioned something really, um, really profound and really important in the conversation of becoming financially free. Okay. You mentioned you have to be careful who you share that with, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we all have social circles, right? And that social circle is our family, our friends, people that we interact with. And our brain is programmed to want to be with other people. Like that's that's how we find safety and we find safety in numbers and we want to be with other people. And so when we start having these thoughts and these ideas and these desires to have more money, if our social circle does not reinforce that, we will become an outlier. And one of two things will happen. We will tell ourselves stories and say those that, those are bad and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, irresponsible or selfish because I want them and we'll suppress that desire. Or we won't really have a real connection with those people because we're unwilling to tell them and ourselves the truth. And that can't mm -hmm. last very long either. And I believe one of the things that hold people back is they're unwilling to step outside of their social circle and make new connections with people that think and feel the way Josh just mentioned. Look, I mean, when I first met with Josh, I was just getting comfortable with the idea of making more money inside of my business. And I felt uncomfortable doing it. But when I got around Josh and other people in the group that we run in, I realized, holy cow, Josh is an amazing individual doing amazing things. And all of these other people are as well. And that gave me more permission to question my own beliefs and to realign the beliefs with what I consciously wanted. My friends, you get the power of that because if you don't, you're going to be perpetually stuck. I believe that is the very definition of the rat race. So Josh, ah, I love that topic of conversation. Okay. Now, I want to ask you one more question because you were the master of not only coaching grownups who need a lot of coaching, but more than that, I think you're the master of creating family systems. How do you as a parent of four amazing little humans, how do you coach them and how do you give them a new mindset that, uh, around money? Whew, that's so good. I mean, when you were just talking, one of the things that popped into my head was how when our kids see like a really fancy car or a really beautiful beach house, um, they say, oh my gosh, dad, look at that. Look how much value that person must have created. That's insane. Oh, I love right? that. And it, it's just been, you know, th their whole upbringing has been framed totally different, right? As yes. I've been growing and learning and stuff, they've just kind of, it's normal for them. And so they're always looking to add value and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, pain is an excellent teacher. And uh, for us, the reason we got involved and interested in the idea of family systems is because we almost drove the family bus off the cliff, so to speak, right? I mean, uh, financial problems is the number one cause of divorce, but not only that, just lack of communication, et cetera, et cetera. And at the time, I was a new entrepreneur building a company and I started to succeed with the company, but things at home were not going well really at all. Uh, and I noticed something really simple and it's the fact that a family is an organization just like a business is an organization that my fam my business had a mission statement, but my family didn't. Uh, 
My business had core values, but my family didn't. My business had a logo. My family didn't. You know, I was hyper clear communicator with the leaders on my team and the vision casting I did with my business, but I didn't do it with my family. And, you know, as, as silly as I felt when I had this realization, it got me excited. So my wife and I, that's where that's the origin story of family systems. I always tell people uh, it's not a question of if you need family systems. Every single person watching this right now already has a 100 percent fully systemized business and family. Uh, it's not a matter of if you need them. Like, for example, if you never follow up with your customers, you have a zero touch follow up system. <laughs> it's just a bad system, right? The way you talk to yourself is a system. The way you engage with your spouse is a system. The way that you talk to a guy who's being a jerk in public while your four year old is watching you talk to the guy, that's a system. It's a, it's a methodology. It's a framework and it's being absorbed, right? Everything's systemized. So the question is, how do we be, you know, overused buzzword intentional? with crafting that culture inside of our family. Man, that, that's so powerful. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us fall into this trap and we feel like we're so busy, right? And I love that you were, use the word intentional. I know that might be an overused word, but I don't think it's a very well understood word or at least a not very well applied word in people's lives because how often are we actual, actually intentional? You know, when people come in and they have their game plan, like you said, they don't know what they want, but they know what they don't want. And there's a lot of pain usually around the lack of, of family culture, the lack of connectedness, the lack of all the things that they really want. Like if they were to die tomorrow, their regrets would be all the things left unsaid and undone with the people they care about. And they kept telling themselves when they had enough money, then they'd go back and do the thing. So why is it so critically important to slow down, to be intentional and to build a family system right now? Because no matter what you succeed with a game plan or no game, game plan, no matter how much money you make, you're still a failure if you don't succeed in the home, in my yeah. opinion. Um, period. That's it, right? You build an empire and your family falls apart. You missed it. You know, you missed it. Everybody lies on their deathbed saying the same stuff. One of my favorite quotes is that a wise man thinks of death often or 10 out of 10 people die. And I'm not a morbid person. I'm trying to live an epic, great life. But yeah. there's wisdom in remembering keep the first things first, right? You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Here's the thing though. You know, I, I'm not an advocate for sitting at home being Mr. Dad and just like not trying to crush it in the marketplace. That's not what this is about. It's about being strategic. It's about being open with your family, talking about different times and seasons. There's a grind time, right? And you got to celebrate the wins as you go and not leave them in the dark if you're a visionary and then there's like the rest time and there's all these times, but include them in it. You know, communication is probably the biggest problem, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs are visionaries and they can see where they're going, but the people around you can't see it like that. They don't see it in 4k 3d like you do. And they can't go three years at a time without seeing some evidence of, of <laughs> the, is this going to be worth it or not? So hyper communication is huge. Um, husbands and wives, you know, just that by itself can get you a long ways. And then giving your kids an identity, just reminding them who they are. You know, if you don't tell your kids who they are, the world will do it for you. I don't want Holly weird or the corporate machine <laughs> telling my kids who they are. Dude, is, is it that so needed right now? I mean, I think there's so much confusion in the world right now around individuality and purpose and, uh, you know, you know, just individual worth and identity, as you mentioned. And you're right. I, I don't think parents often enough are being as intentional with their children. I think oftentimes parents are struggling trying to find their own identity. Um, and, you know, here's the thing that I've found. 
is the more you experiment, I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't have anything perfect with my own identity or my own family systems or my own family money. I mean, it's a work in process, right? Mm -hmm. I'm building it as I go. But if I'm trying to make it perfect before I turn around and share it, I'm never going to turn around and share it. And so one of the best ways to build a family system is to start imperfectly with imperfect action and build together as you go. And one mind is always better than, you know, or two, multiple minds are always better than one mind, especially when you're building a family system. And I found the more I involve my family, the better the system is. I'm not going to try to create a perfect system and then say, hey, family, here's the system. Let's create this dang thing together, right? Let's 100%. Make it our family system. Well, I th we make assumptions that everybody has stuff figured out. No, we don't. No, we yeah. don't. I'm not proclaiming my perfection on this interview. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what this is at all. It, everything's imperfect, right? So if you wait to be perfect to do a thing, you'll never do the thing. Like Ryan said, um, it's about imperfect action. It's very imperfect. For example, one of our family systems, we have Maverick Monday, Tucker Tuesday, Judah May Thursday, Finley Friday, Sawyer Sunday. I have five kids. We have a whole half a school bus of kids. Oh, dude, there. I missed a kid. I said four. You got five. <laughs> we have a herd. And, uh, but, you know, I don't do it every week. I try to. I mean, for years I did, like, really good. And it's gotten harder as I got older and things that we have going on. It doesn't matter. It's okay. And, and the other really important point, Ryan, is that when we work with families to try to establish, like, core values, for example, they struggle super bad. And I know why. And I finally figured it out. It took me two years. I didn't get it. And what the reason why they can't establish or choose core values is because they, don't, they feel like they're an imposter. Right. Mm -hmm. they, they don't want to say uh, the, the Lee family core value is integrity, but they have a little bit of dishonest areas of their life still. Right. Maybe they cheat on their taxes just a little bit. Maybe mm -hmm. they're doing something else. So they don't want to put that one. So they, they can't think of it. Right. Or they might want to say epic, but they're not really doing anything epic right now. Um, but you got to remember that the core values you pick for your family should be future based aspirational markers. They're a few. They're what you're running towards. They're the thing you're tripping and falling down and scraping your knee towards it's a destinational type of thing it's not a proclamation of who you are right now and i think that can help set people free right uh christian entrepreneurs when i coach them they're some of the most frustrating ones because they have so many weird false beliefs about money and things like that and it, it's all rooted back to identity my wife and i started out in a trailer park and i always joke you can take the girl out of the trailer park you can't take the trailer park out of the girl right <laughs> and, it's true. Uh, we had a friend at a church that adopted a, a Russian orphan like 20 years ago. And a couple weeks after they brought the orphan home, this is an eight-year-old boy. Uh, they're in a, a million-dollar house. This is an affluent family. He goes down in the kitchen, and the kid is on all fours eating out of the dog bowl. And I never forgot that story, right? Because, yeah. because legally speaking, spiritually, this is an heir to this guy. This is his son. It's done. It's signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. It's official. He's a part of the family, the legacy he's in. It's it. But his mindset, so an orphan mindset. Man, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I love the idea of aspirational. Don't, don't wait for things to be perfect. Be aspirational with yourself, uh, with your progress in life like that. I mean, life is such a beautiful dance. And I, I you know, one of the other things I think, and I'd be interested to get your opinion on this. I've been kind of going through this thought process that life is always going to be kind of a 50-50 split, right? It's always going to be, there's going to be positive and there's going to be negative. There's going to be happy and there's going to be sad. There's going to be adventure and there's going to be, you know, mundane tasks. There's going to be this yin and yang every single, no, no matter where you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. And I think a lot of times people think 
that when they get more money or when they're financially free, then the challenges, the hardships, the sad days, the the all the negative stuff will go away. And it's just blissful, you know, happiness, all you're skipping around and everything's perfect. But mm -hmm. that isn't the truth. That's yeah. not the way the world works. The delusion. So, yeah, it's totally, it's a delusion. So guys, when we let go of things being perfect, this utopia, we can embrace life for the chaos that it is. And it's beautiful. Like the, the hard times give meaning to the good times. If it was all good times, the good times would have no meaning. Mm -hmm. So guys, I, I believe, I believe Josh, that the more imperfect action you can take, the more you embrace what life actually offers. It offers you time to become the person that you aspirationally can and should become. But you, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. And when, even when you get there or start making progress to that, there's still going to be a lot of hard times. You're still going to have a lot of doubt. You're still going to have a lot of baggage that you have to work through all the way throughout. It's this yin and yang, this song and dance. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. You're dropping truth bombs over here because the, the concept of love is meaningless unless there's the opportunity for hate. Yeah, right? oh, you know, yeah. cold cold isn't a, a descriptive like like heat is something you can measure. Cold is a word to describe the absence of heat, right? Um, love is a thing. Hate is is the lack of a thing, right? Um, another thing that's interesting is you know no one believes you that having a million dollar business doesn't change your life, right? No one believes you until they do it and they go, wait, this isn't that big of a problem. Or you maybe have heard it said that money only solves money problems. People think that money solves, no, no, people think all their problems are related to money problems. Like the reason my marriage sucks is because there's so much financial pressure. No, no, it's not. There's lots of other things. There's lots of subcategories of stuff. Yeah. And when you get the money, all that stuff's still there, right? And so I, I also understand how it sounds ridiculous and it can it can uh, generate eye rolls from people when they're like, oh, okay, you just say blah, 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 everything's still hard. I, I get that a hundred percent. We've been bankrupt. Yeah. I've had cars repossessed. We've had our electricity shut off. We started from nothing. I didn't go to college. We've built and sold three companies. We'd have ups and downs. And trust me, like the pain is real. Um, but the truth is the truth. And everybody on here that does have a million dollar business can attest. Uh, it just creates more responsibility. You have to steward it. You have people that rely on you. It's, you're playing a different game and there's joy in it, but um, it doesn't change that much like you think it will. Yeah, man, I love that. I want to ask you another question with all of your expertise around creating family systems. And when I say expertise, just the fact that you do it, right? The fact that you're active and you're helping other people do the same. Um, does it make you a better individual in your production, whether you're a business owner or employee, if you have a solid family home system? Like if your family life is awesome or a billion becoming awesome, does it make you a better producer? A billion billion percent yes i mean think of the spouse of the entrepreneur uh, the spouse can be the operational drag or the rocket fuel in what you're doing right when you have unity when the family gets on board with the vision they're willing to sacrifice for a little while so you can run and produce and club things and drag it home right they want to be on board the problem is, is we're not selling that vision right uh, so when you are more connected with your spouse, when you have a lot more time for purple unicorns, that's our code word for sex, by the way. Oh, In yeah. Intimacy. Code word on the Rise Up Live Free podcast. It can go so many different angles from here. When you're hyper connected to your spouse, Ashley and I, my wife, we have a term for this. When you're in momentum as a family, we call that becoming a wrecking ball. Mm. And because you and your wife can knock through anything you can overcome mm. anything it's a one yeah. plus one equals 10 situation and Dude, i love that math you right can't there separate the person the business that's an illusion it's all bleeds together and uh you gotta you gotta get the home right before you can get the the business right
man, I can't even tell you how, how, how much that resonates with me, Josh, you know, um, I really believe that, that, you know, two individuals in unison in a committed relationship working together with money can do exponentially amazing things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if there's chaos, if there's stress, if there's animosity at home, it carries through into your production. You show up with resent, you know, you're, you're resentful. You show up with scarcity. You show up with that same animosity, that same aggression, and that will only get you so far. Um, I have noticed in my life and in my marriage that the more Bethany I got connected on what we wanted individually and collectively as a family, mm -hmm. and the more we got aligned on our mission and our vision of what money actually represented for us, and the more amazing things we created together. Mm -hmm. Like we were aligned on our goals. We knew why we needed and wanted the money for various different goals and systems. But when I try to just do it all myself or say, hey, I'll talk to Beth about it later. I'm going to do this first. And it was so much, it was just, there was just this wall. There was this yeah, tension. And totally. it, it make me a very good producer. A hundred percent, man. I mean, I don't know if you're as simple of a creature as me, but a lot of men, we're pretty simple creatures and pretty much everything I've ever done in business is just a, a roundabout way to impress my wife. Let's be honest. Okay? <laughs> she was a cheerleader in high school. I played football. Everything I did there was to impress her. Everything I've done since is to impress her. Um, mm -hmm. We overcomplicate stuff, but you, yeah. when you, when you, when you are on the same page, and you walk through the door and she's like, oh, you big, strong man. Look, oh, look what you did today at work. Right. I mean, it it makes a difference. Like, I think there's literally a direct correlation. I don't know how to chart this out. Maybe you can help me find a way. But look like, at Brad. See if purple you can do unicorn, it like intimacy, purple unicorn time has a direct correlation to net worth somehow. I know it has to be there. You know, I don't have the, the science to back it up. I just have a life experience to back it up. I think it's abundance. <laughs> like when you're when you're operating out of a state of abundance, then there's more abundance in your relationship. There's more abundance in your bank account. There's more abundance in your freedom and how you work together as a team. But when you're operating out of scarcity and scarcity filters through every aspect of your life, I think too often we try to like segment our life, our spirituality is over here, our relationships mm -hmm. are over there, our money is over here, but they all bleed together. They're mm -hmm. a beautiful intertwined connected piece of life. And so when we try to segregate and think that, okay, I'll take care of money and I'll be amazing at money, then everything else, you know, I'll go figure out later. That's not going to work, guys. You, you've got to raise the, the tide in your entire life. Years ago, I was coaching this small, really small business owner and he was doing everything I told him to do, you know, just boom, 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 boom. He was executing his business, started to grow. And he was complaining about his wife to me one day. And I was like, well, hold on a second. You know, you're not going to sit here and just like bash your wife to me. Like th th there's no possible way I have full understanding and context. So I got him to open up and he admitted that she had been mad because he promised her a tankless hot water heater and he mm -hmm. didn't do it. Right. And it sounds like a small thing. Right. But this small thing represents a big pattern in their relationship. Right. He was he was doing what I said, but he wasn't doing anything to honor his word with his spouse. And I told him on the call, I said, said, next Thursday, that will be installed in your house uh, or we're not talking anymore. And he said, but I don't have the money for it right now. I got to do this. I said, I said, listen, find a way or don't call me again. And I was super irritated with this guy and we hung up and he got it done. But the thing is, is if you can't go produce for your family, uh, how are you going to just go crush it in business in general? If, if you know, I, it breaks my brain. It breaks my brain because, uh, who else are we fighting for? You know, because yeah. your peers and the people that you think are impressed with you, they don't care about you that much, right? At the end of the day, uh, it's got to be done uh, for the people closest to you. Now, Josh, um, I love that, man. I love that. 
you and your family have really gone all in on this idea of family systems. Uh, it's not something that you talk about just, you know, you only talk about it on a podcast. It's something that you live. And uh, I want to, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about that because in my hand right now, I have a kid war plan, a beautiful leather book with um, like these pages, dude, these are legit. I mean, did you like, did, did you guys make these in your backyard? This is a pretty amazing thing I got right here. I want to talk a little bit about family systems and how you not only apply them and refine them in your family, but what you do in the marketplace. Because I think this right here is the missing link for so many families because it feels a little bit overwhelming when you say, hey, go build a family system, go come up with a family crest, go mm -hmm. figure out your family values. So you've built a framework around how to do that as a family. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, there's different there's different types of systems, right? And the, the three biggest ones to start with are uh, identity systems, connection systems, and then target systems. Uh, but just talking about identity, it's like, who are we? Who's the enemy? Where are we? Where are we marching? What are we marching towards as a family? Right? Uh, things like your core value and things like that. Uh, I, I, um, connection systems are things like date night, like the one-on-ones with my kids. It's a connection system. It's not perfect. We miss days, but it's an intentional. I'll get on the floor and play Legos or go get ice cream with my daughter. As silly as it sounds, it's like literally transformational. If you are doing this now and you do this for a week or two with your kids, everything about their whole demeanor will shift instantly in a noticeable and recognizable way. These are simple, simple, simple things. There's nothing weird or complex about it, but you you want to have the foundation knowing who you are and whose you are. And you want to, uh, I say that one more time. Cause I think that you glossed over that <laughs> right there, who you are and whose you are just expand on that just a little bit. Well, I, you know, as a believer, I believe that everybody is made on purpose for a purpose. So you have a mission, a mandate, and a destiny on your life. And I mean it literally, not cheesy woo-woo. I mean, literally, you are handcrafted on purpose for a literal, actual purpose. And your job is to figure out what that is and then go do it. And, and remembering that is really important. You know, the high achievers that I know, including you, Ryan, uh, all these people, they walk with a sense of destiny right? Yeah, when we talk about I do epic, these people, they have a magnetism and a charisma. And it's not because they're playing games or they're trying to be fancy and, and persuade people. They just are going somewhere, right? And that's a magnetic thing. And when you're on a mission, you're magnetic to your kids, you're magnetic to your spouse, you can lead your community, you can lead your team, you can recruit business partners, everything's different, everything shifts. Uh, that's what I meant by who's your I just didn't want to go down a, a rabbit I hole. With that. I think it's so powerful, Josh, I think it's so powerful. And I think that is I think a lot of us again, going back to that idea of just perfection, right? A family system needs to be perfect before it can be shared. I think a lot of people are afraid to even go down the rabbit hole of their purpose, right of their mandate, because it feels so big and overwhelming. And what if I get it wrong? Like, what if I think my purpose is to be a basketball player and then despite my best efforts i'm not a basketball player like what if i get it wrong have i wasted my whole life no because whatever happens to you happens for you right and you know what's funny about is looking backwards is everything makes sense you know we sold a business in 2015 and moved to costa rica for two years and and we thought it would go one way and it went different and my wife didn't like it at all and it was kind of like hard and not great but when we look back there are certain things that happened there that absolutely changed the entire trajectory of our business career, our family fortune, everything that would not have happened had we not made that decision, right? So you can have a setback, uh, but don't read too much into uh, its its impact in the greater scope of your life, right? It's just, it's just a great chapter three in your upcoming book. That's all that's going to be, right? And I also think like, look, I mean, we, we resist like, and, and this is again, going back to our, just our conscious brain, like our brain is designed to resist discomfort. It's, resi it's designed to resist stress and risk and all of those things. That's what our 
Our brain is designed to keep us alive, right? And so when we go take risks, our brain feels uncomfortable, right? It feels uncomfortable. But if you're taking a risk, if you're taking a step forward in discomfort towards running towards your your mission, your vision, what you feel like you've been called to do, your purpose here on earth, then dude, that's that's a that's an adventure and a life worth living. And you're going to fall several times as part of the mm -hmm. process, but you fall forward every single time. Like you fall forward, you learn a lesson, you either get closer to that mission or you course correct and you know, you kind of go on this little windy tour to find what you need to find. Yeah, and the good news is is you don't always feel discomfort when you're in grow mode what happens like i'll give you an example i'm an introvert man i would love to sit in a cabin with books in alaska all by myself for eight years that would be like amazing to me in the cabin next to your cabin and we'll just kind of wave at each other yeah through the window, through the window. yeah so so i i decided actually when we went to costa rica just is another point for, for the power of that one decision, which freaked all of us out to even do in the first place. I made a commitment to say yes every time I got asked to public speak. And the reason is because I, it was important to me. I knew that being able to get on a stage and move people was a really important skill set. All the people I looked up to could do it and it wasn't a big deal. For me, I wanted to throw up. So I said, I'm going to say yes every single time uh, for two years. And I did. I went to tiny little events with 15 people. I went to big ones with 1,500 people and everything in between. And I said yes. And I said yes. And I wanted to throw up and I wanted to throw up and I wanted. But what happened was over time, I didn't feel like that anymore. And now if I go on a stage, there's a little tiny, tiny little hint of something, but it's not even it's not even remotely close to what it was before because I leveled up in that area. So whatever cliff you're jumping off and we say jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. In this example, public speaking, um, just do it because the scary thing won't be scary. You know, um, if I took an average person and took away all their money and they would go into panic mode, right? Would, would, would Russell Brunson or would Elon Musk or Bill Gates have the same level of panic if I did that to them? And maybe they would because they have a lot to lose. But the point I'm trying to make is they know how to recreate it in two seconds, right? There's, yeah. They have total certainty in their ability to solve the problem. And so even though you have the same circumstance with two different people, the emotional weight of that would, would hit different based on how many hard things and previous accomplishments the person has done. I That was a little convoluted, but hopefully you know what I was yeah, trying to say. I, I totally agree with that. I, I believe there's a hierarchy of investing, right? And I think we're trained, taught, and educated that we should you know, invest our money in things because money will then go make money, right? And while that is one level of investing, that's the very lowest baseline level of investing. Mm. The next level of investing is investing for time, your most precious resource. And anyone who's been face to face with their own mortality understands that your time is limited. And so anything that you can do to invest for time, whether it's buying cash flowing assets or as simple as hiring someone to, you know, do the thing, like do the hard work around, stop mowing your lawn. Right. If mm -hmm. you can hire someone to do that, you just bought your time back. And what could you do with that time? Maybe spend a little bit more time figuring out what your purpose is. Right. <laughs> and then the highest level of investing is investing in your mindset. Like this is the most powerful tool. Every single problem. I mean, I think we kind of take it for granted. It's like, I mean, right now, Josh, what, what, where, what part of the country are you in? Are you in Texas right now? Uh, I'm in Frisco, Texas right now. Dude, we are talking on a Friday night on the computer. You're in Frisco. I'm here. Could this have even been imagined 30 years ago? No. No, I mean, like we were born into this world where we think cars and planes and homes and technology and cell phones, they just existed. They just came with the world. But no, guys, here's the reality. Every single person who understood that this is their best investment, their mind, mm -hmm. that, that they created that. Like they created yeah. the, the things that we have in life. And so they my made friends, it up. Yeah, dude. And so the more you invest in your mindsets 
and then time and then money making money. That's the baseline. That's just the baseline. But look, if you're in investing money to make money, you're missing the two biggest investments that you could be making, buying back time and investing in your mindsets. Dude, that, is, that is a tactical nuke of truth that you just dropped Ooh, right there. I uh, When we moved to Costa Rica, I started going for a motorcycle ride every single day for two hours. And all I did on this ride was think. Yeah. And it was probably the smartest thing I ever did in my entire life outside of the special days with my kids. That's the best. Let me ask you a quick question on that. Do sure. you think you could think better on a motorcycle? I bet you can. <laughs> well, for me, it sure, certainly seemed that way. And by the oh, way, yeah. just so you can make fun of me later, it was actually like a pink, almost pink colored moped. It wasn't a motorcycle. So mm -hmm. I, I had both, but I call, <laughs> I'm going to call it a motorcycle to make yourself feel better. But in Costa Rica, I drive around and just think and think and think and fantasize, daydream. I would live and spend time inside of imagination because you're right. Everything that's created has to be created twice. First, it has to be created in your head. Then you have to build it, create it, manifest it in reality. Um, another interesting thought is that everything in the world is the way that it is because someone just decided that that's how we're going to do yeah. things. Someone yeah. just made it up. You can be the person to make up a thing. You can create yeah. a program, a thing, a company or whatever. Like there, it's literally a blank canvas and uh, airplanes are a great example, man. I always think it's weird that people act normal as they're shooting through an aluminum <laughs> tube, 500 miles an hour, acting yeah. like they are not inside of an aluminum tube shooting 500 miles an hour. That's and what we I mean. That we have to yeah, dude, I totally get you, man. I totally get you. Have you, seen, uh, you Jim Gaffigan, when he's yeah. talking about people being impatient on cell phones, I think it was him. Maybe it's a different yeah. comedian, but he's like, it has to go to space. Like, can you give it a minute to get back from space? You know? Uh, it's so good. Guys, can you see why Josh is like one of my favorite people in the world? So, Josh, I would be remiss for myself as well as for our audience. I want you to finish talking about oh, the sure. war plan and talk about the family systems well, and what you do for the marketplace and for families. Sure, 100%. So, um, where we are in our kind of entrepreneurial journey is this is a just a fun freaking project that my kids, my wife and I have, have launched. You can learn about it at kidwarplan.com. It's a fancy journal. It's a 90 day journal for young people. Probably eight to 15 is a sweet spot in terms of age, in case you're wondering. And what it does is it teaches, it gives them a structured daily routine like a normal journal would, but it also teaches them a different word each day that schools conveniently leave out. Concepts like mindset, leadership, economics, uh, business, sales, marketing, even some government stuff. It's not a political book. It's not a religious book, but it teaches them things that they need to know so they can have an unfair advantage, you know, because there is a war raging, in my opinion, for the mind, money, and morals of our kids. And this is one little effort to fight back and to educate our kids in a fun way. Uh, it's handmade. The paper feels weird, Ryan, because it's made out of cotton. Like even the printing on the pages is done using metal printing plates because you can't run it through a printer. And guys, for all you guys watching on Facebook, I mean, look, this thing has been built. Let's see. Let me turn it the right way up so we're looking at it the <laughs> right way. I mean, look at this. This thing has been built and custom crafted um, in such an amazing way. I mean, guys, you need to pick this up. So keep, keep going. The, re the reason we did that, by the way, because when we made the resource, you know, I could have printed it for two bucks from China and had it shipped over here. And I didn't want to do that for multiple reasons. The biggest of which being is that when your kid gets it, it needs to hit different. It needs to feel significant. And so the the only design criteria I had from the beginning was I want it to feel like it came out of the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit. It needs to feel weighty. It's like a family heirloomy feeling yeah. thing. And then the biggest complaint we get about it so far is that people feel bad writing in it because it is a journal and you're supposed to write in it. Um, so it's a higher end thing. But 
It acts as a filter and the kids take it serious. And young people are capable of way more stuff than we give them credit for. And so if your kid is has too much screen time and this and that, like it's your job to like cast some vision, get them motivated, get them started on the journal, clap and cheer them on as they do it, be engaged. It's not some huge amount of work. And they're going to know stuff that most college students don't know. You know, we teach yeah. our difference between... Uh, our kids, all kinds of things, you know, the difference between persuasion and manipulation. They know the definition of propaganda. My six-year-old could walk in my office right now and say, courage, doing what you know is right, even when you feel afraid, right? They know the difference between currency and money and on and on and on. These concepts are critical. It does it in a really fun way for your kids. Plus my 14-year-old Maverick made 90 videos, short YouTube fun edited style videos that coincide with every single day of the 90-day journal that is included as a bonus when you get one. It's kids talking to kids. And yeah. man, I, I can't even tell you how much we love them. I mean, it literally is a plug and play system because it does feel overwhelming. Where do you start? How do you educate and train your kids? What should you train them on? Mm -hmm. Do you have to go figure everything out? Like it's literally built into this entire program. And I love that about Josh, how much intention you put into that and how much you involved your family. Maverick's the one recording the videos and how and he, did it. he did that. Almost, like he taught him. So he worked for five and a half months, eight hours a day to create this video series. And I made him do 98% of it all by himself. And it was hard. It was hard. I said, make a fun video that hooks kids, gets their attention, teaches them what propaganda is, give them examples. And so he's doing it, but he's also a kid and he knows because he was raised a lot different than most kids. But he gets stuck, right? And he get frustrated. And he broke down in tears a couple times making it. But then he'd come back on fire and be super excited after he edited them all. He shot them all. He did it from his heart. All I did was say, "Well, we tweak that. That's not actually true. Say it like this. This is the real definition. Word it like that uh, at the end." Uh, but it was a major deal. And our kids even ship them out still. You know, it's like this weird family pet project. Uh, Maverick gets a royalty every time we sell one of these. And so it's teaching them economics and the brothers are to have a system for shipping them. And it's just this insane life lesson thing. That's been probably the most fun we've had in our life. <laughs> in business. I, I love it, man. I love it. And I, I want to, man, dude, I want to just keep going on this conversation forever. I want to be cognizant of Ashley's probably in the back saying, dude, it's time to go, Josh, let's go have date <laughs> night. Let's go do the purple unicorn thing. <laughs> look, Hopefully um, she's right in the background saying that. Yeah, but hey, look, here, here's here's the last thing I want to ask you, um, and I want to preface what I'm going to ask you uh, because it, you made an impact on me, on my family, and on my, on my young daughter, Kiana. Um, a couple of years ago, Kiana had the opportunity as a young entrepreneur to speak on uh, Russell Brunson stage. Yeah. And it was a very last minute thing. She wasn't prepared for it. You know, it came up like literally two days before she was supposed to speak on stage. She crushed it though. It was so cool. She flew from, I was already out in, where were we at? Memphis, I think it was. I was already out there in Memphis and she flew on a plane from Salt Lake City to Memphis and she arrived the day before she was set to speak and she was so scared. She was so nervous. And you and your family gave her a, um, a, a towel and a shirt and a bunch of swag that said something really important. And we've used that, that phrase in our family ever since. So what was it that you gave her and what did it say? Well, I don't remember, but it probably said do hard things. Oh, that's it right there. <laughs> that was probably yeah. my wife. She's the the gift giving coordinator, but we do remember watching her speak. My kids have uh, talked about Kiana for years too, because she had an impact on them just the same way. But do hard things is one of our core family slogans. If my, my youngest is four, I wish she was here because I'd prove it. I'd say, Judah, what do Latimers do? She'll say hard things. Uh, yeah. beating their brain. It's not like the goal is to make your life hard. What, the, what it really means is, you know, Go for it. 
don't like who we have we have shirts made for our kids that says it doesn't matter how hard it is it only matters if it's worth it and if that's mm-hmm. true then go do hard things and anything that's worth it my friends anything that's worth it is going to push you beyond your limits by therefore by definition it's going to be hard period mm-hmm. so when you get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable in the pursuit of greatness in your life you have to embrace this ideology of doing hard things. And the more comfortable you get with that, the more epic, as Josh was wearing on his hat, your life will actually become. My friends, every area of your life, look at that. He's got it on his shirt right there, do hard things. (laughs) And there's axes on it. I want the axes, man. So Josh, I love you and your family. You guys are just so dang motivational and inspirational. And, And I love that you've taken it on as a family culture to help give systems to other families like mine. Uh, We're going to change the world, man. We're going to change the world. And can I ask you a question? Super quick one. I'm not trying to derail your ending here. Did something switch in Kiana's head after she did the hard thing? Did she stand a little taller? Did she walk with a little more certainty than she did before? That's it right there. Like, and I think that's what we're trying to give our kids in in this whole idea of a family culture and being more involved. Self confidence. Mm-hmm. She has more self-confidence in herself. And think about how that perpetuates in every area of your oh life, with your money, with your relationships, with your identity, with your schooling, with your education. When you have self-confidence, you view yourself as a creator of your environment and your world. Mm-hmm. If your environment and your world does not give you the results that you want, the self-confidence is then required to go change it, to do mm-hmm. something about mm-hmm. it. And you could told Kiana, hey, be confident. You're beautiful. You're smart. You can do hard things. You can say it all you want. But it doesn't do the same thing as her doing a hard mm-hmm. thing. When Maverick mm-hmm. was seven, he wanted a candy machine business. So we bought him some candy machines. It was actually a business loan that he did pay back by the time he was eight. And anyway, so we bought candy machines. But I made him walk into these restaurants and asked, like, can I place my candy machine here? And he was freaking out. And I felt like bad. I'm like, God, is this maybe I'm going a little too far, right? But I stuck to my guns and we memorized a script. I sent him in there. He asked for the manager. No one would even pay attention to him. He had to go into 25 businesses to get four machines placed. Uh, I always say five, but one of them went to the office at the company that I owned. (laughs) So that one doesn't count. (laughs) Um, but, But the thing is, is it permanently unlock something in his head even at that age because yeah. when he got his first yes i mean he'd come out crying he'd go in and come out crying he'd go in then he was getting mad then he'd go in and come out mad and then he got a yes and it was like oh my god um, that's why doing hard things is important and it's such a needed life lesson i mean i think so like we life isn't meant to be comfortable like there is that you have to learn how to lose so you therefore can understand what it takes to win hmm. period um man josh i just love it i love i love it i love it so i want to make sure that this audience in the facebook community as well as on the um podcast which by the way if you're not in a facebook group what the heck come on you missed josh's hat and his shirt <laughs> and josh on video is way better than josh on podcast josh on podcast is amazing but josh on video is a whole nother level so get in our facebook group but before we sign off josh i want all, what are all the ways how do people get connected with you? And more importantly, how to, again, reference back to how they get the Kid War Plan. Sure. Just go to kidwarplan.com. You can buy it there. Uh, we just ha- They're all handmade, so we run out of them a lot. Uh, but we just got a shipment in a couple days ago. So we're good on that. And then if you want to take a family systems assessment, you can go to honorandfire.com. This is a little quiz that we built uh, based on the five different categories, the types of family systems. You can kind of rank yourself and it gives you this PDF snapshot of like 
kind of where the holes are, where you're strong, where, where we need some help, stuff like that. It's pretty, pretty good resource. It's and it free. makes an amazing family night. Like it's so fun to take that with your kids. And then it just gives you a container to start having conversations, imperfect conversations, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's that simple. So Josh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, man, thank you so much for coming and sharing your expertise with uh, the Rise Up Live Free community. Josh, appreciate it, man. You are an inspiration to me. Thank you, my friend. Much appreciated. You guys are beyond epic. Boom. All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. It's a Friday night podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Maybe it's a morning. Maybe it's not a Friday where you're at. But I want to thank you for investing your second most valuable resource. We talked about time. Your mindset is number one. But look, here's the reality. Thank you for investing your time with us. Um, that means a lot to us. This is a movement that's built to help you take control over your time and ultimately your life. So if you haven't plugged in and got your game plan, figured out what the principles are to become empowered with money, then do that. Do that. Plug into the family systems. And because those things correlate to the more, fam the more uh, epic your family life is, the more epic your finances are, my friend. Thank you for joining us on the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Join us on the next episode, and we will keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free, and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.